you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a JC softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, JC softball team. As long as, you know, uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, the the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know that crap like that. You know all this stuff that's contaminated America, where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring little league anymore. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that damn you Hey buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast, presented by my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man. I, <laughs> you I'm sound not, rough, man. <laughs> I'm not feeling too going? good. I don't know if it's uh, if I'm sick. If I, I don't think I got the COVID, but uh, I think what it really is, Shane, I was, I was up till 3 a.m. last night trying to buy one of these damn PlayStation <laughs> 5s, whatever the hell they are. And my, my dog's pissed off. He, but yeah, I don't know. It's been a rough one over here, buddy. How are you doing? Oh, you sound rough, man. Do we, do we need to postpone the pod? I mean, everything. <laughs> hey, we don't postpone. That's right, buddy. We, we, we storm through. So, uh, yeah, you sound rough. In fact, you got me in on this action. I'm, I'm trying to get you one, too, in case I, in case I get it. I mean, I may mark it up a little bit, but, you know, that's what family does, Mike. <laughs> Absolutely. My girlfriend, uh, she, she asked me if I was 12 years old last night. but. Uh... <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, but no, seriously though, uh, I'm glad you came on. I know, I know you've been feeling pretty rough and, uh, it's been a wild week guys. I apologize. Uh, we, we really have been trying to piece this thing together all week. Uh, I, I, I've got a lot of stuff going on at work right now. Uh, should be, uh, chilling out next week. So I'll be, I'll be on, on more available then. And of course, uh, flying Hawaii and my brother's in. So it's just, it's, it's been a crazy week and I apologize, but you know, we try to get, we try to get this news out to you and we're going to try to get these picks out. Cause Lord knows you guys need to make some money this weekend. Yeah. Hopefully they don't cancel any more of these damn games before we get to pick them here, Shane. <laughs> but Hey, before we get to all that on a serious note, gotta start with this. Uh, tragic news here from Lexington, because uh, surely you've seen the news by now, but uh, Kentucky offensive line coach John Schlarman passed away. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just stunning news here. Uh, knew he was dealing with cancer. He'd been battling that for a couple of years now. And, yeah, you know, the guy's just such a warrior where he had been missing the last couple of weeks, but... You know, just from the outside looking in, I just uh, kind of, you know, you never want to assume how someone's doing. But, hell, when when a guy's coaching and Kentucky's offensive line's out there kicking ass, I didn't realize it was that serious. Should Probably should have known Yeah. Uh, when, he, when he didn't show up the last two games that, uh, you know, maybe that was this bad. But uh, just tragic. I mean, only 45 years old. You know, he got the game ball for Tennessee. That was the last game he ever coached mm-hmm. on the sidelines there for Kentucky. He's a Kentucky graduate, one of their best p- players during his time. And and just think of, you know, when you think of uh, Kentucky football, I think you, th- you think of toughness, you think of running game, you think of offensive line, you think of guys like uh, Bunchy and Logan Steinberg and yeah. 
And now they got Landon Young and Drake Jackson. I mean, and these were all his players. So mm-hmm. uh, just, a, you know, you don't want to say it's um, any loss like this is just tragic, but it's just, it's, it's kind of like he was Kentucky, you know what? So it just, yeah. it just hurts that much more. I feel like. Yeah. Just because he, I mean, he loved this program. Uh, like you said, up, up, or coach says here in a minute that down to his, his, his last day, he, he was involved with the program because that's family. You know, some, some people just think of football as a sport. It's not a sport, man. I mean, think about all the, I think about all the life lessons I learned as a kid and all the coaches I can credit that to. And, and I look back at, and, you know, look up to, and, and, you know, John's no different. John, uh, you, you hear, you're going to hear players, you're going to hear coaches coming out and talk about how much he meant to them. And that just shows you some, you know, it's more than football. This is, this is a family and, uh, it's a, it's tragedy. It's a, it's a sad loss. You know, he, hell, he fought, man, buddy, he fought. And, and, uh, I think winning, <laughs> you know, I, even that Tennessee game, buddy, I tell you what, he was on cloud nine when he got that game ball. So I just, I, I feel for his family and, and, uh, big blue nation, brother. Mm-hmm. Well, let's kick it over real quick to uh, Mark Stoops. Held a press conference after this uh, tragic news passed, and uh, you know, losing his uh, friend and offensive line coach had he been here the entire Mark Stoops era. Uh, so let's kick it over to Coach. I open this press conference with a heavy heart uh, as I think about John, Leanne, and the kids um, throughout the day. Uh, the outpouring of, of support for John uh, shows you the impact that he made on so many lives. Um, we, uh, as an organization, are doing our best uh, to support Leanne and the kids and uh, our team. Uh, Don was so well-respected throughout the country and in our community. Um, it's hard to state uh, the impact that he had on myself, our staff, and our kids. Um, we so uh, greatly apor- uh, appreciate John um, and all the work that he did here, uh, but more importantly, uh, the man that he was and uh, the legacy that he leaves. We will work extremely hard uh, to honor his legacy uh, for many years to come. Mark, just with everything you guys are going through, the grieving process. What what are the challenges of playing in less than forty eight hours? You know, in lots of situations, people talk about a release or an escape in this day, but uh, I can't imagine it's that simple. Well, um, we talked about that as a, as a team, and um, you know, first of all, we're gonna we're gonna go out and we're gonna honor John, and if uh, I think. All of you have done such a remarkable job of documenting uh, John's difficult uh, journey and his struggle uh, that he had with that deadly disease. And, um, you know, one thing about John uh, that that everybody will tell you is that uh, he he was here with a strong, positive attitude every day he could. And he essentially came in here and worked and coached until... um, you know, it was the bitter end for him. And so uh, we're going to honor him by, by doing what John would do. What would John want to do? And, and John would pick up and he'd come to work and he'd put a smile on his face even when he was struggling and he would work. And uh, the best way we can honor him is go out there and, and play uh, the very best we can. Um, and, you know, I know I want to coach as if John was with me, standing next to me. And, uh, you know, if I could be a window through his eyes and, you know, for, for him to see the game through my eyes, uh, it would be an honor. And I think our players need to think of it the same way. Just uh, just envision him that being there with us, watching us. And uh, so, you know, we will play. Uh, our team will be ready to play. It's a tough day. Um, but uh, our kids will be resilient. They'll bounce back and uh, we will play hard in his honor. All right, Shane. So he said it their best. I mean, they got to go out there and play and, and honor Coach Slarman. Mm-hmm. There's really no easy way to transition from that one. Yeah, and, and like you said, it's 
He came out. He said, "What would John want to do? John don't John don't want us to mope around. John wants us to get on to play some football. That's that's what John would want us to do. So, yeah, I'm ready. I'm, let's check on the weather, Mike. You know, you want a prediction about the weather? You're asking the wrong Phil. I'll give you a, a winter prediction. It's going to be cold. It's going to be gray, and it's going to last you for the rest of your life." Stadium. It has been raining throughout the Southeast, and Wayne will be a factor in today's game. Did about half the practice yesterday, wet ball today, everybody can handle the ball was wet. So um, that's, that's all we can do to prepare for it. We can't make it rain, so. Let's get a look at the forecast for the SEC games we had this week. We have three of them. The rest have been either postponed or canceled due to COVID-19. We'll start out with Vandy at Kentucky. This is an 11 a.m. kickoff. It's going to be pretty chilly. Their temperatures in the mid-40s at kickoff. And those wind chills, they're going to be in the upper 30s. So make sure you're bundled up for the game. Fourth quarter, though, should warm up into the low 50s at that point. Wind's going to be light. No rain, no snow. So in the all-clear there. And it's going to be all-clear at Arkansas at Florida down in Gainesville. Number six, Florida. This is a 6 p.m. kickoff. Temperature's going to be in the mid-70s. A little bit humid there but the temperatures will eventually fall in the upper 60s by the fourth quarter. And here's one that may be a little bit dicey, South Carolina at Ole Miss. This is a 6.30 kickoff there in Oxford. Temperature is going to be in the low 60s throughout the duration of the game. So a little bit on the cool side, you may want the light jacket if you're sensitive to those temperatures in the 60s. This is where it's interesting. The south winds around 10 to 15 miles per hour. As you know, as soon as those winds start to get up beyond 10 to 15 miles per hour, it can definitely impact offense, especially with kicking and uh, passing the ball. So we'll keep a close eye on that right now. I'm thinking the winds are going to be about 10 miles per hour, but if we start getting up toward that 15 mile per hour range, of course, that'll impact the uh, game plan. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that. Rain chances enter the forecast just after the end of the game if that system moves a little bit quicker it's possible we could see some showers by the fourth quarter but right now i think it is going to remain dry for that game but definitely keep a close eye on the south carolina old miss game the rest of the game is looking like it's going to be clear and just a little bit cool for that vandy and kentucky game all right so once again a weather update comes from uh, our buddy chris chris nully you can follow him at chris nully that's n u n L-E-Y on Twitter. He's got Facebook, Instagram. He's on all those. Uh, so mm-hmm. we just want to, want to say once again, Chris, thanks for doing that. Really do appreciate it. And I think it uh, provides a, lo- a level insight that Shane and I just can't do. And <laughs> uh, Maybe to help you gamblers out there. That's kind of what we're trying to do. Look at it from all the angles here. Absolutely, brother. I appreciate that, Chris. All right. So uh, you ready to make some picks, Shane? Let's do it. Gambling. Don't say anything about gambling. It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Not only am I picking Toledo to cover, I'm picking Toledo to win outright. I can't kick your ass, me. Heard you say that. <laughs> that, that well, he kicked my ass regardless. <laughs> exactly. They're going to beat the brakes off Miami. You watch it. Mike, if Florida wins this damn game, I will sing the fight song Monday. <laughs> 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 it ain't happening, brother. Yeah, orange and blue. Waving forever, forever pride, oh Florida, may she droop. I, I forgot to hit record, so you got to do that again. Are you shitting me? No, I'm recording it. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, I mean, we've been talking about it all week here, but uh, we've lost four games here, but that doesn't mean uh, we don't got some interesting matchups here. We've still got three games, and we'll go... In order, like we always do, the kickoffs here. Let's start with the only noon game, Shane. Thankfully, we have a new one. We didn't have a nooner last week. We got Vanderbilt at Kentucky on the SEC Network. And Kentucky, Shane, currently favored by 17 points. According to my bookie, Kentucky's won four in a row in this series, and they lead the all-time series 46-42 to with four ties. So who do you like in this matchup? 
Oh, Mike, what a game this is going to be. Um, and we've been talking about all week about how big a victory would be for Coach Mason and the Vanderbilt Commodores. And it seems like as soon as we get that damn pod out, somebody opts out. So it's yeah. like, okay, I, I see as a, as a, as a outsider looking in that they need it. But it looks to me like on the inside coming out that it's just there's no buy-in. And it's and this is two years in a row, Mike. Think about last year, Vanderbilt coming in half the season. We 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 hopped up Vanderbilt more than we have in decades, Mike. And they totally disappointed us last year. And it felt like this locker room crumbled again. So I don't know what's going on over there national. I know they've had to deal with a lot of COVID situations. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not easy, but you know, opting out, that's, that's a whole different animal uh, or, or hit the transfer portal. It's just, I don't know. I, that's why the, the longer this week went, the further I got from this being a ball game game and and with the news coming out on john i know i know they're running terry out there but i think this comes down to the offensive line man i really do and, and and something i was talking about earlier you know john meant a lot to these boys and, and don't you think that these damn hogs up front ain't gonna take this game personal and 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 do it for the old ball coach so I think this game's won on the ground, not by Terry's arm. And once Kentucky gets going, I don't see them letting up. So, Noon gets my lock of the week. I've got Kentucky Wildcats, 38, Vanderbilt, 10. Two running backs have over 100 yards rushing this game. Oh, he's locking it up early. Yes, sir. Well, Shane, I can't disagree with basically anything you said there. Uh, uh, For Vanderbilt, Ken Seals. I mean, he's going to have to have maybe his best performance of the season to to win against this Kentucky team. But here we got a young freshman quarterback that is coming off a four-turnover performance and then going up against a defense that is just feasting on turnovers. So, I mean, that's a certainly a less-than-ideal matchup for the Commodores. So can they rely on Kenyon Brooks, the law firm, to get it going here? I mean, at least they got that going. But, yeah, I just don't know if Vanderbilt, if they got anything left in the tank. Like you just said, hell, we got two starters just transferred out of the program in the middle of the year. Mm -hmm. And this is just, you know, the kind of the writings on the wall here, something that we've been hinting at since all this started where once things – I mean, they've already started to slide in the wrong direction there for Vanderbilt – now that uh, the games are here and and they're most of them are lopsided and hell we're even losing the close ones now, it certainly seems like some of these players are packing it in and and I can't blame them because yeah maybe you just don't want to deal with all the the BS you got to deal with this year and the pandemic and and all the rules and everything like that so that's why they instituted this this rule where this year doesn't count for anybody so that you can right. kind of hit that reset button at your next destination if you're not happy with where you're at so uh, this has just got the classic trappings of a team that uh, is probably just gonna kind of cave here in the second half and then you throw in everything that's going on at Kentucky the, the only concern I have here is maybe you know maybe Certainly they want to come out and play hard for their coach, but maybe they're a little too emotional. That's my only concern. Yeah. But I'm with you. I mean, let's get Chris Rodriguez the ball. Uh, let's get A.J. Rose the ball. Hell, even Terry Wilson, if he's back in the lineup like we expect, uh, he's been running the ball very well this year. So I, I think they set the tone early, and they've got to get this offense going before they get into this uh Alabama and Florida matchups to come. So I'm right there with you, Shane. I got not as lopsided as you. I got a Kentucky 28, Vanderbilt 10. So I have uh, Kentucky covering the spread, but just not as much as you. Okay. All right, next matchup, Shane. Let's kick it to uh, South Carolina at Ole Miss, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on the SEC Network. According to my bookie, Ole Miss is an 11-point favorite. But uh, the Gamecocks, they've won three in a row in this series. Mm-hmm. And the series is tied 8-8. Eight to eight. So, uh, thoughts on this one, Shane? Who are you picking? Oh, what a well, – South Carolina, man. I, I tell you, it, it's, it feels like the tale of two halves because the first half of the season, 
it felt like they were coming into a groove, coming into swing things. Mike Bobo's offense was hitting. Colin Hill was looking good out there. I mean, he wasn't a, he wasn't a game breaker, but he was efficient. And they were able to keep this running game going, and the defense was starting to come alive. And then, then it just stopped all of a sudden. And you've got if you look on the other side of the field, you got the Ole Miss Rebels. You could probably say the opposite. It, it took them a little while to to find their groove, to find their niche. But when they started hitting on all cylinders, buddy, I tell you what, Lane Kiffin had these damn boys fired up. And I think Matt is starting to come into to, to his groove. He, he's The game feels like it's slowing down a little bit for him. They got Elijah Moore coming out. I mean, this kid, I, I didn't, I ain't going to lie, Mike. I didn't know much about him last year. And now I'm like, man, I bet he's a first round draft pick. <laughs> another, another rebel played on the uh, <laughs> in the NFL on Sunday. So, but then I said, I, I've, I've already got my lock in. So South Carolina could calm down for a second. <laughs> they South Carolina does this to me, Mike. It's because I know they have the ability to play these games and win these games. I really do. They've got the talent. It, it's. Sometimes it's come down to coaching. Sometimes it's come down to, you know, just having your best 11 out there. And and as much, I mean, I was so close. This is two weeks in a row. I've wanted to put South Carolina, you know, on an upset alert. But I, I just can't do it right now, Mike. I, I, I just think Ole Miss is doing – Ole Miss is dangerous, okay? South Carolina, if they go back to what they've been doing and they, they – chew up the clock. They keep the, I mean it's not going to be sexy. If they could just keep the chains moving, keep Matt and them off the field, and then when he does come out, try to force him into a three and out. So he has to sit on the sideline for a 6-minute drive thinking about the mistakes he just made. That's what South Carolina has to do to win this thing and I just I I don't have confidence right now. If this is the start of the season, yeah, I'm predicting an upset, but I don't know. There I think there's a chance oh oh Coach Muschamp may get left at the tarmac there on Lane's airport. So I'm going to go South Carolina <laughs> losing, but covering the spread. I still think it's a close game. South Carolina 24, Ole Miss 28. How ironic would it be, Shane, that now – I know South Carolina's uh, offense isn't tearing it up or anything, but I think that's just a product of you know not having mm-hmm. outside of Kevin Harris, Shai Smith – I don't think many of these guys are, you know, all SEC potential. But certainly, the receivers outside of Shy Smith are, yeah, they're just they're just not getting it done. But I mean, these two teams are both two and four, Shane. I mean, but they're like night and oh, day yeah. two and four. You know it, and uh, you know that was the thing that always haunted Will Muschamp. He couldn't hire an offensive coordinator that that got it done. Hell, if he if he would have hired Mike Bobo at Florida, he maybe he's still there because they were, you know, they had always had so much talent on defense, but it was the quarterback position and the offense that that kept getting them, and that's kind of what happened here. Now we finally got that solved, I think, and and now the defense gone to shit. That's what I keep circling at because at this mm-hmm. point, I know I've kind of defended Will Muschamp probably more <laughs> than uh, South Carolina fans care to hear. But hell, I mean, the defense has given up 100 points the last two games. This is embarrassing. And that's, yeah. you know, what is this, year five? This is uh, this should be his best defense. And I know the yeah. COVID stuff and injuries and all this, but uh, it, just, it just shouldn't be this way. I think you could live with it if – I know fans probably wouldn't be happy, but if, you know, if the defense – the way they played against Auburn, that's what I thought we were getting from, from this South Carolina defense. And if they had – if they were playing that way all year and then and the offense with just not having the right pieces, maybe, you know, still losing, maybe, maybe you could stomach having Will Muschamp back because there is a lot of potential, I think, with Mike Bobo's offense, mm-hmm. with more pieces, with uh with a Marshawn Lloyd in the backfield, with, you know, maybe a more experienced Ryan Holinsky or Luke Doty or whoever it is under center. I think he could live with that, but I don't think he can live with just getting just destroyed here, especially on the defensive side. And these Gamecocks are talking about, 
you know, they got Muschamp's back. The, uh, I believe it was Nick Muse this weekend, Shane. The tight end said he'd take a bullet for Will Muschamp. Yeah. And that, that's outstanding. That's what you want to hear. But, yes, they're saying that, yet they're playing like they want his ass gone. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what's, that's what's important, not what they say. It's how they play. And I'm not necessarily putting it all on them. I don't think they want Muschamp gone, but it's the product on the field that matters, and they're just not getting it done. I'm locking this thing up, Shane, the other way. Ole Miss 38, Mm. South Carolina 17. And I'm thinking this may be the last game of the Will Muschamp era. Yeah. But, hey, we like to stay as positive as we can, right? (laughs) So I want to throw this nugget out there because I believe it was this just this week, Shane, I was talking about I don't think, based on what I've heard, that Greg Sankey would allow – Hugh Freeze back into the SEC. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that knows this guy, he's very plugged in. He works for AL.com. I think he's uh, like the managing editor or something. His name is John Talty. He's, he's a very good reporter. He's on Feinbaum all the time for, you know, breaking news and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He says that uh, according to what he's heard, the SEC would not block Hugh Freeze coming to the SEC. Mm. So he's hearing different than, than me. I'm not one that likes to, you know, if I got something wrong, I'm, I'm happy to admit it. So I may have that wrong, but that's some hope there because if he's saying that, clearly the two schools he's he's eyeing or, or at least hearing from, I, I got to believe, are South Carolina and Vanderbilt. And certainly if those two jobs come open, I mean, that's an easy decision between those two. No, no disrespect to Vanderbilt, but South Carolina just opened a $50 million facility and and they want to compete. So, not saying I'm not saying Hugh Freeze is headed to <laughs> South Carolina by Sunday or anything, but that's giving you some hope that uh, that maybe he would come down there. You know what? Well, I mean, you kind of want to be the first hat in the race, I guess. If you got the green light, and I'm telling you, Mike, we can speculate all you want, but uh, I guarantee Ray Tanner knows if if he could come down or not. You know what I'm saying? I I, I guarantee, and if that's the case, it wouldn't surprise me if if you did see something like that, so you could go ahead and start courting him. And the most important part is, you know, start on your recruiting class when you as as early as you can. Sometimes these coach things they linger, and then and the next thing you know, because this year is going to be kind of weird with the signing day, and I don't know if they're changing any of that. I haven't heard anything, Uh, but you know that that's got to be a factor as well. So. I don't know, Mike. Uh, I agree with everything you just said, but uh, yeah, the way it's working out now, the early signing period, so it's still in place. They've not moved it. That is going to take place during these makeup games. So it's like we're going to have games, and then we're going to have the early signing period in the middle of the week, and then we're going to have the final games of the season. So as if they don't move it, which which maybe they will, but they have yet to decide that yet, and – Man, it's almost – I know you got to do what you got to do, but it's almost like a nightmare scenario. You know what's where you've got you've to make a coach a move if you're going to make yeah. it. You can't, you can't go into the early signing period without a damn head coach. No one's going right. to sign. And that's the thing. Muschamp, is, he's a likable guy. And, and you, every time you see coaches around, they, they flock to him he, because he's, a, he's just a good storyteller. He's a good – you could just tell that he's – but you're sitting there at, what, two and four? And your program looks mm-hmm. like it's going backwards instead of forwards. Uh, you've got a lot of young, young, raw talent on that team. And clearly, he's having trouble molding these players. Mike Bobo, I love the hire, but I'm not seeing the offense that, that I was expecting with the weapons that they have. So, I don't know. I just, I just and I know South Carolina fans are disappointed, but I've been there, man, when your program's – I'm almost there right now, Mike, to be honest with you. And, and you know, the only thing that warms you up in, inside is a uh, possible coach search and try, trying right. the next chapter of your life. So, yeah, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a win-win for South Carolina. They lose this thing, they get a new coach. If they win, then they're happy because they got a W. So, uh, mm-hmm. maybe, that, maybe there isn't a lot of pressure on this game. That's <laughs> just must champ. <laughs> Hey, Shay, well, before we move on, let's uh, remind the listeners we're brought to you by MyBookie, the online sports book. Head on over to MyBookie.ag today. All new customers receive a 100% 
deposit match up to $1,000. That means if you're a new customer to mybookie.ag and you put in the promo code that SEC, that's T-H-A-T-S-E-C, they will match your initial deposit up to $1,000. So you could potentially start with $2,000 to gamble on, Shane, immediately. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. got this college football firing up. We're going to get into some some picks here. But, man, I'm just fired up that college football is finally here. And the only thing that makes football better, in my opinion, is drinking some beer and betting all these games. So <laughs> head on over to mybookie.ag. Once again, that promo code is that SEC over at mybookie.ag. Thousands of cross sports, wagers, props, parlays, all that. Winning season begins today only at mybookie with that promo code that SEC. All right, final game to match up, Shane. It's uh, pretty bizarre. We only got three, but uh, Arkansas at Florida should be a really good game. It's going to be on ESPN, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central. The Gators, a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you like in this matchup? Well, for starters, Mike, it should be at 3.30. I mean, as much stuff as we've moved around, there's no reason that we should have two damn games on at the same time. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, that drives me absolutely. What are they going to play? They got to play something. They're not just going to play dead air on CBS. They got something lined up. (laughs) Was it gymnastics or some damn Christmas carol or something, you know, it's just, I, I don't, I don't understand. This is college football. This is the sec. And, and if CBS can't do the game that they were expecting, they should be able to flex a damn Arkansas, Florida game. I would think I, I it just it drives me nuts, but to the game, these two are probably one of the, the hottest teams in the country right now. Uh, you've got the Arkansas Razorbacks. They, 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 they just, they've been the damn underdogs in just about every game, if not every game that they've played. And, and still, you don't want to face them. You really don't because this team is playing with so much heart. It's, it's crazy. I, and I, I use that word a lot, Mike, but I'm telling you, when you, when you see an Arkansas game, because you may not, you may be listening to this podcast and say, you know what, Shane, I've never seen Razorbacks play this year. Watch them. You'll notice it. You, kids out there hurt. you got kids limping around, but they're still staying on the field because they want they want to win. That's all they want to do. They want to do it for their coach. And unfortunately, Coach Pittman's not going to be there, but I'm telling you what, they like Coach O too. Coach Odo, mm-hmm. he's right there. They're doing it for him. They're doing it for Felipe. Going back down to Gainesville, a, a university that didn't want him, kicked his ass out in a nice way, but that's what happened. They tell you, hey, you got hurt. Well, you know what? You, we've moved on. We've we've moved on to Kyle Trask, and all he hears is how Kyle Trask is the best damn quarterback in the league, and he's probably going to be a first-round pick, and yada, yada, yada. And now you got the Florida Gators coming off the biggest game that they've had, the Georgia Bulldogs. They beat them. They looked fantastic. Them kids have been think, reading them clippings, thinking, hey, buddy, we've made it. Or, you know, because it's been a while since Florida Gators been on top of the mountain, but that's the key. You're not there yet. You're still climbing. You still got to win these games. You still got to compete in the SEC championship. And Arkansas is one of those teams that you can sleep on. And next thing you know, you're down 14 points and you're playing against a freaking amazing defense. And that's what Arkansas has. I think the biggest loss, obviously, Sam Sam Pittman not being there, but I think it's going to help that that Coach Odom is because not only has he done it before, but I think there's a chance that Florida slips up, brother. And I think it's halftime. And I think, yeah, (laughs) put on the eerie music here for a second because this feels (laughs) like one of those games that it's halftime and I can see Arkansas being up. That's, That's just what it feels like. However, Coach Mullins has proved to me that he is an amazing coach. And I've seen that mainly from his halftime adjustments here of late. What he was able to do against the Georgia Bulldogs was impressive, and he always finds a way to create mismatches. And I I just, if there's any downfall with Arkansas, is the fact that they are injured. They are thin. There's a reason that those kids are giving everything they have because they don't have nothing else backing them up. 
That's the problem. And coach knows that. And he's going to attack that. And he's going to, and next thing you know, I, I think Florida crawls back into this and wins the game and, and doesn't cover the spread. I know I said a lot of words, Mike, but that that's just how I feel this game is going to play out. And I like Florida to win 38, Arkansas 28. So I know I set it up to sound like an upset. I just think it's going to be – I think you're going to sit there at half and you're going to be like, what the hell is going on here? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it, all it takes is one or two of those freak athletes there on Florida Gators team to uh, take – I mean, Tony could take a five-yard little out pass to the end zone. Next thing you know, they're, they're right back into it. So there's just – there's just too many weapons for Florida. They're just too deep right now. So I, I see this thing starting to get out of hand towards second half. Yeah, and we've been very vocal. We both very high on Kyle Trask heading into the season. A lot of people called us out for saying he would be the best quarterback in the SEC. I don't think anyone's could disagree with that at this mm-hmm. point. But going into a matchup like this, which one of these guys – has got more to play for, is going to be more motivated. I mean, it's got to be Felipe Franks. Right. And they, you know, certainly the game doesn't just come down to just quarterbacks, but I think Felipe Franks, it's kind of like you said. I mean, I think the whole team's going to rally for him. You heard it from Sam Pittman himself. I mean, when he tested positive for COVID and they found out you know, he wasn't going to go, it was not even – the main thing he said was, I want to be there for Felipe. Yeah. And that, that's incredible considering that, uh, hell, Felipe Franks just got there, I think, in like June. So that goes to show his command of, of that locker room and the, and the respect these players have for him. And I think they're going to play their hearts out, like you're saying, to to get him his win. Yeah. Because this is the team that, uh, you know, I, and I don't think there's any bad blood or anything based on anything that I've heard. But uh, they have, they kind of passed him over. Yeah. And, Certainly, I, you could say they, they clearly made the right decision because Trask was playing so well, mm-hmm. and they they played a little bit better without Felipe, so I'm not saying they made the wrong decision, but I'm just saying that uh, of these two quarterbacks, I think Felipe may outduel Kyle Trask in this game. That wouldn't surprise me, even though we have seen Franks a little banged up this week. He's spotted with a, with a boot on his leg, so uh, how – healthy is he mm-hmm. I don't know but uh it hasn't seemed to hamper him so far this year I mean he's gutting it out he's playing lights out and Kyle Pitts I don't think he's going to play in this one so that takes away a real weapon for the Gators uh, but they've got so many weapons now so did hell everybody's thought so did Mississippi State so did Ole Miss until yeah. they went up against Barry Odom's defense and then they got exposed so Barry Odom has found a way to somehow scheme up expose a lot of these high-powered offenses this year. Now this is going to be his biggest test, but I think he's up to the challenge. I mean, he's taken Missouri into the swamp before and come out of there with a win when no one was expecting it. I think he's got the team to do it this week, Shane. Upset special Uh of the spread. (laughs) Florida 35, Arkansas 23. And I'm picking the Gators just because I just think they've got so much momentum, and of all the teams Arkansas has played this year, I think Florida is a cut above. We saw what Georgia did to them in the second half, and we just saw Florida just spank the hell out of Georgia. (laughs) So uh, I just think there's too much talent, too many weapons, and it will help the Kyle Pitts unlikely to play. But, hell, even if he plays, then that's just one more. But uh, Florida's just got it rolling so so much, and I don't think – they're going to let that foot off the gas because that's just not that's just not the way these guys are wired. That's not the way the program – you know, this is not a conservative team. This is one that throws everything at you, th- everything in the kitchen mm-hmm. sink. And uh, now that they've got control of the East here, looking to potentially play Alabama in the SEC championship, don't look for them to get conservative. I think like you, I don't know if Arkansas will be winning at, at halftime, but I think this will be a four-quarter game and – I think it's going to take a lot for Florida to to win this mm-hmm. one, uh, so that's why I think uh, I think Arkansas covers this one pretty easily. Oh yeah, I, I think so. I I again, it, I think it's going to be tied at half, but I just unfortunately the depth's going to catch up to them. 
it, it, it's a shame it, that they didn't have this game earlier in the year because I really could see Arkansas winning this thing. Mm-hmm. All right, Chad, so that's it. I mean, that's all we got for picks. Um, you got uh, anything else for us, yeah. brother? Real quick, on the on the picks <laughs> thing. Um, okay, so I kind of dropped the ball again. Uh, you know, every week I've been getting I'm sensing on, a theme here. I know, dude. It's been a rough week, and I appreciate y'all hanging in there. I Every week I've been putting the score predictions up and, and letting everybody – or the spread predictions and, and letting everybody pick – what they think is going to happen. And uh, they started out a little rough. Then they went uh, four and two, I, I, I believe, the last week. And then last week they mm-hmm. went four and oh. Mike, I'm sensing a trend. Mm-hmm. These guys know what, and girls, they know exactly what's going to happen. So I, I'm I'm very eager to, to see what they pick tomorrow because we don't have the results right now because i didn't post but i'm gonna go ahead and put that up tonight so jump on there to uh that sec podcast on our twitter page there get your boat in and before you get your bets it's just like i said something to look at if you're if you're on the fence on somebody jump on there and see what see what everybody else is picking because hell they're picking a lot better than we are mike Hey, buddy. Well, hey, uh, final thing here. Don't we oh, have uh, yeah, some yeah, reviews? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got some reviews. Mike, I appreciate everybody uh, getting on their app products and giving us a five-star rating. And those really mean a lot to us. I mean, I mean personally, that it does. Those kind words, they, this is why we do it, man. I mean, it's the only reason we mm-hmm. do it. If you do get a review in, Mike will be sure to send you a koozie of your choice. Just remember um, to email your address and a screenshot of your review to that SEC podcast at gmail.com. And uh, he'll get those out to you. And I've got a few here, Mike, and I wanted to read. Yeah, the key there is the address. You'd be surprised <laughs> how many people email me. If there's, hey, send me one of them. I'm like, well, going to need that address. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but don't you know where your cousins live, Mike? I mean, gee. All right. First one comes from CSTAT Aggies. Awesome podcast. Five star. Thank you for following back, cousin Shane. I started listening to you guys at the beginning of the season. Y'all are my favorite college football podcast. Keep up the great work. And let Mike know to keep picking against my Aggies. We keep winning every time he picks against them. Gig him. <laughs> Well, see, see, Stat Aggies, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you. Absolutely. If you follow the pot, if you follow uh, me, and I'm not following you, just shoot me a tweet. I'll follow you back. I, I follow everybody, and I sometimes I, I I I don't get on there as much as I should. But next one comes from VK Not Ninety Seven. Hashtag Hell State Five Star. The absolute best podcast for catching up on the SEC football. Hell State. Well, V97, not I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, V. Next comes from Lumberjack2003. Cool name. My new cousins. Well, five star. I'm a University of Buffalo Bulls alumni, <laughs> but I always watch the big SEC games. When the MAC postponed the season, I decided to really watch the SEC. After trying a few pro- podcasts, it was clear that this is the best by landslide. You have also turned me into a Tennessee homer. Well, Lumberjack, welcome to the family. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, appreciate that one. And sorry for uh, all the torture you're about to go through the rest of your life. (laughs) Yeah, be careful what you sign up for, Lumberjack. (laughs) Next one comes from Mountain underscore Dog. It took me a while. Five star. I had my reservations. Y'all being Tennessee homers and all, but I enjoy the show. Shane, the Voodoo Ranger you want is 1985 IPA. It isn't bitter, and it's easy and light to drink. Go dogs! I haven't tried that one, Mike, so I'll have to get on that Ranger. Is the 1985 IPA. All right. Well, Mountain Dog, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, and thanks for the beer recommendation. Absolutely. Next one comes from GK, hashtag four, great podcast, five star. This is a great podcast. Listen to it and, wait, listen to it, to and from work. Well, GK, number four, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, GK. That's what I do. I listen to it uh, on the way to work. Next one comes from DJ Burger King, killer name, one of the best SEC cast out. 
Five star, fair and balanced. Love listening to this while working. These guys are amazing. Well, DJ Burger King, I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, great day. Thanks, DJ. I like Burger King. Next one comes from Rebel Bear Landshark. <laughs> we don't know <laughs> what their mascot is anymore. Rebel Bear Landshark, five star. I appreciate the content y'all put in, even though I was sad to hear y'all say Vanderbilt was going to upset my Rebel Bear Land Sharks. Well, Rebel Bear Land Shark, I appreciate you. We both picked you this week. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Next one comes from CF Morris 99, that SEC podcast, five star, best podcast about the best conference and the best sport. Go balls. Well, CF Morris 99, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you. Next one comes from Chance Bitters. Howdy, guys. Five stars started listening to this podcast through the pandemic season. Basically, my only and uh, all SEC podcasts. And compared to the others, y'all are far above the competition. Enjoy all the segments and comparing my picks with y'all's. Thanks for the info, analysis, and most importantly, the last at Chance Bitters. Well, Chance Bitters, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, and sorry Shane let you down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> oh, man, just think about all the rich fans we have out here. No wonder we got so many five-star reviews. They just uh, next one comes from Gamecocks20, the best five-star, the best SEC podcast to listen to. Definitely worth the listen. Well, Gamecocks20, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Gamecock. Well, he can't wait to get a new coach, can he? Next comes from Archie. <laughs> Hotty Toddy Rebs, first online review ever. Five Ooh. star. This is my third season listening, and hands down, this is my favorite podcast. Start my mornings off with a little dose of Mike and Cousin Shane. They provide the in-depth analysis for all SCC teams and are incredibly entertaining. Mike and Cousin Shane, I appreciate you, Hotty Toddy. <laughs> well, Hotty Toddy Rebs, <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, appreciate you, Hotty Toddy. Next one comes from Kelly Ray, 34. Roll that SEC podcast roll. Five star. Hey, 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 buddy. That best SEC podcast out there. Can't wait to hear Cousin Shane crack open a cold one on the first of every episode. I'm an Alabama fan stuck in big orange country. Send help. <laughs> this podcast <laughs> does a great job of breaking down all the SEC teams. And even though I, sorry, I messed up there down all of the teams of the SEC, even though it is ran by two Tennessee homers. Keep up the good work and roll tide. Well, Kelly Ray, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Kelly. I wouldn't say stuck behind any main lines. I mean, you're kind of in God's country here, but... <laughs> <laughs> Next comes from KY Boogie. Cats fan in Gamecock country. Man, we got a lot of... A lot of fans out there just spread out. Five-star, long-time listener of the podcast. Enjoy the updates throughout the SEC and hearing Cousin Shane and Mike complain about the most recent Tennessee loss each week. In all honesty, good to hear some great coverage of the entire conference. Y'all make it seem like it's just talking ball with the boys. Keep up the good work and go Cats. Well, KY Bogey, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Bogey. All right, next comes from Matt in... Oh man, that was gonna get me. Pflugerville, I guess that that I guess yeah. that's it, right? Man, mm -hmm. why do they do that, Mike? They put P's and F's and stuff up front. You don't know what you're supposed to say there. Pflugerville. I probably butchering <laughs> it, but it's cool. It's a cool little town. I'd hate to spell that too. Man, it took me forever to figure out how to spell the city I live in. Mike, cousin Shane, <laughs> five star. This is Matt from Pflugerville again. Thought for sh that's right. That's why it sounds familiar. Maybe that's why I know it because Matt's done this before. Well, Matt, I appreciate the hustle. This is Matt from Plugersville again. Thought for sure. You see, I have conversations with myself all the time, Mike. <laughs> Especially when it gets late and I've had too many brews. Thought for sure that UGA would win after you both picked him. Hurt so bad. I'm now moving to the Big Ten country. Oh, man. Anyway, great podcast. And I hope they have internet up in Indiana. Well, go Voodoo Ranger. Well, Matt and Pluver, Pluverville, you're no longer in Pluverville. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Pick a cooler or an easier city to live in, like French Lake. <laughs> Is that up there? That's French Lake, Indiana. That's where Larry Bird's at. 
Did he say he's going to Indiana? Mm-hmm. He said he's going to Indiana, right? Indianapolis, you could do that. All right. Next one comes from uh, T-X-A-G-D-O-C. A lot of, lot of letters there. Fantastic pod. Five star. This podcast is great. Extremely funny and entertaining. You must follow them on Twitter, too. The whole experience. Jimbo looking pretty good lately, even with our top wide receiver cornerback and linebacker all opting out this year. Well, TX, you couldn't be more correct. I, I'm, Mike, do you think them boys are ever going to opt back in this year? I mean, I think they'd welcome them back, but mm, I don't know. It's probably too late for them. You know what? Yeah, but, man, with something special going on, you definitely want to yeah. get back in there. But They they certainly missed out. You know Absolutely. What? Well, TX, I appreciate you, and I hope they win, Mike, because yeah. I got some money on them winning the natty. Did I tell you that? Did I say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I th- you, Sorry, you, you scared all of Aggie Nation. <laughs> <on that one. laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't keep repeating that. I just I'm trying to will it to existence. Watch Tennessee beat them or something. You know, it's like the <laughs> the ultimate long game here. All right, Rapid City Gator, cool name, five stars for cousin Mike. Five stars. Ooh. Mike gets no love, and Shane is the type of cousin who pinned you down growing up and broke wind in your face. Rapid City. <laughs> is this family? <laughs> oh, Mike's burner here. Rapid City Gator, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, Shane, but I think that was kind of how we bonded. That uh, I think I farted, and it was either you or Jonathan's face when we were little kids. And, oh, and no, ever since then, we've been inseparable. It's been John. I, that's the thing. I never really pinned Mike down, but boy, did we pin Joe down all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. There's a game. Well, I don't know if we could call it that anymore these days. But anyway, no, never mind. I'm moving on. This one comes from Roll, Minnesota. Best SEC podcast. Five star. This has to be the best SEC podcast I listen to as a Bama living in Minnesota. It's great to hear it has go. I'm sorry. It. It's great to hear it hat hats going on. What's going on in the SEC? Oh my god! All right, let me try that one again. This has to be one of the best SEC podcasts I listen to as a Bama fan living in Minnesota. I, it's great to hear it, it, it's what's going on in the SEC outside of my favorite team. Well, roll Minnesota, man, it's got to be cold up there, brother, and I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, and uh, if you haven't got your koozie yet, it should be coming anytime. I sent that a little while ago. I've been watching a lot of Fargo, and I catch myself doing their like their, their accents, you know? <laughs> uh, how you doing? No, wait, that's not it. <laughs> okay. I'm not good at it. All right, next one comes from Auburn Auburn Tiger Sam. Watch out, Paul. Five star. I nominate this crew to replace the Paul Feinbaum show. Whoa. Mm -hmm. That SEC podcast has the best SEC football coverage across any media platform. Shane and Mike are hilarious, as well as extremely informative. Hammering some cold ones with this duo is quickly moving its way up my bucket list. Drop a a time and date. At any bar in Nashville, and I'll be there. Keep up the good work, and I can't wait to see y'all on the SEC Network. War Eagle. Well, Auburn Tiger Sam, I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you. And, you know, it's funny you say that because that's kind of part of the reason I started this damn thing where I just don't think, you know, I got all the respect in the world for Fine Bomb and SEC Network, but I don't think they do a good job covering all these teams. So somebody had to do it, and we stepped up and did it. Absolutely, man. That's what it – it just felt like they kept rehashing the same teams over and over. You're right, man. And then nothing against the listeners. Uh, but I don't want to hear them talk sometimes because it's the same guys over and over. So uh, right. I, I like – I'm with you, Mike. I was looking for a podcast that, that just had news around the SEC, and there wasn't one. And and uh, I'm glad you created it, man. I'm glad you had me on. Now this one – and I'm telling you, it's so funny because I was just supposed to be – what was it, a one-day one day deal – I, I was like, hey, man, just you want to come on Tuesday and talk Tennessee football? I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then, hell, we started having so much fun. We had just never stopped. So uh, you just never know. But I appreciate all those kind words. Um, who knows? Maybe one day. But uh, I, I'm just grateful to have what what we have now with this platform. So 
mm-hmm. next one but i will drink with you <laughs> let's get down to that <laughs> now I, I i'm planning a trip man when this whole COVID thing gets done and they don't you know make me wear a mask everywhere i go i'd like to meet anybody in uh, these bars we'll, we'll definitely talk some football next one comes mm-hmm. from tennessee poo poo all right <laughs> <laughs> great pod five star a great daily show for my commute to work these guys always deliver the news and information at any level anyone can take in. Go Aggies. Well, Tennessee Poo-Poo, I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, appreciate you, Poo-Poo. Last but not least, this one comes from Mitch Abbott. GBO, Go Big Orange, five star. Best podcast for the SEC football out there. Feels like a conversation, not a news report. Great for any age group. They are involved with their audience, and Cousin Shane is a Vol fan. Well, go Vols, BFL. Well, Mitch Abbott, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Mitch. And uh, if you haven't reached out already, anybody that we just went down there, uh, once again, that uh, email, that secpodcast at gmail.com. Send us a five-star review like all those that have already. We'll send you a koozie free of charge. That's just our way of saying thanks uh, for all the support you guys give us. Absolutely. All right, Shane, so uh, that's all we got. We've only got uh, a couple games here. You know, a slimmed-down weekend, and, uh, you know, again, we, we want to pay our respects to uh, Kentucky offensive line coach John Schlerman, and uh, we're going to end it a little bit different than we normally do here. We're going to play a little uh, tribute. This is a, a combination of a couple videos that uh, I put together, and uh, this is basically everyone up there at Kentucky. They were asked, what is a uh, Coach Schlerman, mean to you, and it's a pretty emotional video, but uh, I think it's a good way to close it out. Absolutely, brother. Oh, I did not know you were going to ask me that question. Um, I need a minute. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's a shame, ain't it? I'm sorry, I just... Let me, let me compose myself. There's not, there's not a, a day that I wake up, a day that I go to bed, and I'm thinking about you. And to see what he's doing right now, God. Um, John Schlarman is the toughest human being I've ever met around. He's my hero. You know, that's all I can say. Um, he, uh, he has, he has struggled, but, but doesn't let very many people know that. You can't see it. You can't. Um, it's, uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to talk about it because um, I know the, some of the struggles. And um, he is just a rock star. And I tell you what he's taught me is just his attitude. Um, you know, you think about our everything that Coach Stoops talks about, attitude, toughness, discipline, and pride. Holy crud. You could just put John Schlarman's face up there. His attitude is off the chart. And uh, he makes me come with a great attitude every day. Watching him go through what he's going through, it's been nothing but inspiration. You look at him and the, the character that he still shows every day, the high energy, and just all the stuff he's battling with, and he can still come here and do his job and try to make us better, better football players and better people. Every single day greets you with a smile, every single day greets you with enthusiasm, comes out here and pumps us up even though he has every excuse in the world to be just sitting at home and resting. I think his goal more than anything is not to just make us great offensive linemen, but to make us great men. And I think that's on the forefront. He really wants to make sure that that our character is right, that we're doing everything off the field better than we're even doing it on the field. Say he's a second father to me. He has taught me so many life lessons and every meeting, you know, it's about football, but somewhere in there he always manages to tell us something that is going to help us down the road. And I truly appreciate that he does that. And, you know, he means the world to me. I, I love John Slarman. Uh, I met a lot of coaches in my life. He's definitely a guy that always will stay in my life because just his character and who he is and, and his work ethic. 
I'm just blessed that I met him. He, he, he changed my life, and I'm being real honest, he changed my life and the ways I look at certain things because he just has that great American attitude. He's such a warrior, it's unbelievable. And it's an honor to, to, to be with him every day and to work with him every day um, and to see his work ethic. And, and he's still funny as can be and will joke and, and make fun of all the coaches and everything <laughs> throughout all this process. So uh, we love him. Uh, we pray all the time that he continues to get better. Um, and he, like I said, he's a warrior and I respect him unbelievably. I really admire him. I look up to him probably the most of all the coaches on the staff. And then the battle that he's going through, he never complains, never bats the eye. He's at every practice that he can be at. And um, he still recruits. He's still super supportive. And he's extremely positive. And, uh, you know, he just makes you, you know, just be thankful for the things, the gifts, the blessings that God has given us. His situation, I mean, he, he's just a man who, who taught me how to fight for what I want and really uh, – you know, hard work every day, put it in. He's tough, he's dedicated because seeing him come out here, knowing he's, what he's going through and come out here still coaching, putting his all into his job, and knowing that he cared for us, it really means a lot. Sometimes you think that, you know, you can't bring it all today, you know, and then you look at Coach Larman and he's battling every day. You know, he's out here, um, you know, with the, with the great attitude and it rubs off on, you know, everybody. There's not a tougher guy on this planet that can overcome it. Uh, you know, I love him, his family, uh, and, and just being back, being closer to him, uh, it means a lot. It really does. Coach Larman is one of the most genuine, heartfelt guys you'll ever meet. What he's going through and how he handles it is something that you just keep on your heart for the rest of your life. You know, to say you can see a man that smiled every single day, um, even in his bad days, never really had a bad day. Um, always just upbeat, toughest person I know, walking on that field every single day, considering he's battling, you know, the illness he's battling. I'm just uplifted every day I see him and just reminded of, you know, how precious each day is and how to live each day to the fullest. I think what he's shown me is, once again, is, is the blue collar. You know, he comes in every day, doesn't complain, doesn't say a word. Uh, he's, he's just an animal. I mean, he just he, he has taken this uh, fight to another level, and uh, I completely respect him um, for, for the way he's, uh, he's carried himself through this time. I can feel his pain because I've seen my grandma go through the same thing, and he's strong. i see he's, he's fight, and they're just making me see him do that. It make me want to go harder and don't take life for granted at all and try to go my hardest whatever I do. He's motivated me because if he's going through something that's still coming out here, why can't we not go through anything and complain about coming to practice? Like, we might as well give it all we got. He's giving it all he's got to be in the hospital and coming back to for us. For someone to, you know, be battling, you know, the fight that he's battling every single day, it's been amazing just to see, you know, the way he's continued to just keep pressing on and, you know, continue to just fight and, and really, you know, fight until the battle is won. To see the strength, um, you know, what he does, being here day to day, uh, you know, gutting it out, you know, I, I think that man is tremendously uh, strong. And, uh, man, you, you talk about a guy who's going to lay it on the line and be there for his family. I mean, I mean, he's the epitome of that. Prayers never cease for him as a person, him, not only just him, but his family as well, his boys. And um, anything that we can do to, to help him in any situation, you know, we're going to do. Coach Schlarman is the toughest individual I may have ever met. His toughness and grit and love for this university, his players, this staff, his family, you, you feel almost insufficient you know, in terms of how much you're giving at times because there's no complaining. There's, um, there's only 100% effort in everything he does. No matter if he's struggling or not, he won't let you know it. He won't ask for anything. And if you're not inspired by Coach Larman, then nothing's gonna inspire you. He is a fighter, he's a warrior. Um, he doesn't back down from anything. 
and he's an inspiration every day because you would never know um, what he's facing by how he goes about each day. And you talk about having an attitude of being grateful for every opportunity. Man, if, as soon as you want to start to feel sorry for yourself about a situation in a day, um, and you look at John, it's pretty hard to, to even feel sorry for yourself for half a second. That guy's an inspiration to our whole football team, our whole staff, um, as good as I've ever been around as a human being. And, and we are so grateful to have his impact. Without question, he's been an inspiration to myself, our staff, and our team. You know, he, he practices uh, what he preaches, and that's, you know, to keep on fighting. Uh, hard work pays off in the end. And John certainly has no regrets, I'm sure, because he, he's lived a life that, uh, um, you know, he's really done things the right way. He's put his wife and his family first, um, his faith, and you know, in, in the way he he coaches and the way he teaches these young men, he's had an impact on so many people. He inspires me to want to be a better human being, to want to be a better person, and to have the strength that he has. The dominance up front, a blue collar, never give up attitude that all begins with line coach John Schlarman. This is a group that has really bonded, I think, throughout this year and uh, come together. And, um, you know, you have to do that to be successful up there, like dealing with kind of some of the things that we've gone through as a, as a group. Um, you know, I think their maturity level has really shown this year, and it's meant a lot to me because they come in there and they're ready to work. And what's more impressive, Schlarman has always shown up to work. That may sound simple, but not when you're battling cancer. I mean, initially it's a shock, obviously. You know, it's you, you don't ever expect to be sitting across from somebody and them tell you, you know, that, that that's you. You don't ever expect to be the one in that, in that seat. Schlarman began getting treatments before the season started. And while he may have missed a little time here or there, he has shown up for every single football practice. It's like nothing changed. He always wanted the O-line to get better. He's always on me. Um, you know, making me better. And you would never see a change in his emotion. He was happy, he was ready to come every day. I've been very lucky with the fact that my body's reacted well to the, the treatments. You know, a lot of people have a hard time, they get sick, they, uh, they don't feel well, they get really exhausted. And, and that hasn't happened uh, for me. They've known that excuses really never fly, but right now, there's not really much you can say to where you got an excuse of why you're not giving your best because we're all going through some things and we're all out there fighting through it. Schlarman's fight has inspired his group's fight all season. And that, combined with Josh Paschal's cancer battle, has spilled over onto the entire team. It just makes me very thankful in my life and make me want to go 10 times harder in football and 10 times harder in being a good person. So after the Cats beat Florida and rushed for over 300 yards against the Gators, the game ball went to offensive line coach John Schlarman. You know, that was a special moment, I think, for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. And uh, sure was a lot of fun. The guys played a great game that night. And, uh, you know, I was really proud of them, but our whole team, you know, I mean, they just came together. You just got to take it day by day. Give it everything you've got, you know. Uh, be a great person, first and foremost, and, and uh, you know, work hard at what you do. And I think good things will come.